You want to swap some favorite lines from the movie? Um, I don't you got any? No. Put the dice in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it cracked me up. Wow. <laughs> oh, this is so funny. Okay, nice. Or uh, um, stop giving me things that come apart. <laughs> I don't even remember what that part is or what you're talking about. <laughs> he's in the, he's in the quicksand, and they keep giving him stuff to hold on to, right. like the trombone and the whatever, and it, they keep coming apart. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. The dice thing is also very shortly after that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it's just a hilarious moment. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Come on. We should start the show then. Yep. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Afterthoughts. Ah, I said that weird. Um, <laughs> welcome everyone to Afterthoughts. This is a podcast where we rewatch movies, we compare our first and second impressions of those movies, and discuss a related topic. My name is Joshua Kazemi, and I'm here with my co-host, Cole the Coleman Taylor Thomas. It's me, <laughs> Mario. <laughs> wow, that's <a> me. <laughs> that's what you sound like some weeks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this week we're talking about Jumanji in honor of Jumanji 2. No, nope, uh, nope. welcome to the jungle. Not Jumanji 2. Just Jumanji. Yep. It is a sequel though, right? Uh who knows? Could be. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's a sequel. It's not a reboot or a remake. I would like for it to be a sequel, yes. I think that it is. But I'm like 99% sure. But does that I hope they at least try and explain that in how that makes sense that someone would take a magical board game and make it into a magical video game. Maybe it magically transformed itself into a video game. Mm, you know? All right. You know, maybe it did that. We'll see. But also, I think the rumor is that there's a moment in the film where they see where Alan lived. Yeah. So, Alan, Robin Williams' character from the OG, Jumanji. That'd be pretty sweet. I hope so. We'll see. But I also, like... I guess we can get into the Jumanji talk after. Before we get into our first and second impressions, Coleman's going to take us through the plot of Jumanji. Yeah, all right. So there's this kid. Uh, he's kind of got a little bit of a rough life, you know, getting bullied by kids. His dad's going to force him to go to a, a like boy preparatory school or something. Um, but amidst all of this, he finds a, a board game called Jumanji. And... There's this girl he always hangs out with who is dating the guy that is bullying him all the time. And they hang out and start playing this game. And they, like, roll the dice and the pieces move by themselves and they're kind of freaking out. And then the when they roll something, it says some things in the middle, like just words or a phrase. And whatever that says happens to them in real life. So the first thing that happens is uh, bats. Well... It's supposed to be the first thing that happens, but it happens second for whatever reason. And Alan, the main character, gets sucked into the board game right in front of the girl, and it traumatizes her. And then bats chase her out of the house. And so years pass, house is abandoned, and then two new kids, uh, along with their aunt, I believe, go and uh, move into the house, and they find the board game. 
and they begin playing and all sorts of crazy stuff happens to them too. And then one of them rolls, I think it's a five or an eight and they release Alan and he's now a grown man, grown Robin Williams with a full beard and a long hair and whatnot. And they want him to play at first, but he refuses until they essentially call him a chicken and he'll, he ends up doing it. Classic, classic. And uh, then they go get the girl who played first. Um, What's her name? Sarah? I don't know. Yeah. And they all start playing again, and they pretty much just release all these animals on the town and wreak havoc on the house, pretty much destroy it, all just to get to the end. And there's all these little side things going on, but who cares about that? It's Jumanji. They just have to play the board game till they finish and make all the bad stuff go away, they hope. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. That's Jumanji. This is like Robin Williams' Forrest Gump. Don't you feel like that? No, <laughs> but okay. I feel like this is his version of, of Forrest Gump. All right. Yeah, you tell yourself that. <laughs> I'm not going to back it up in any way. It just kind of feels that way. <laughs> Like, you have no, there's no reason no. or rhyme or reason that that is the case, but just is. Exactly. All right. It just feels well, that way. Yep. You know? <laughs> you know, if it feels right, do it, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible advice. Uh, so, okay. I liked this movie a lot as a kid, but I will. I was just going to say, I loved this movie as there a kid. There you go. That, see, that's just what I was going to say. I liked it a lot, but I wouldn't say I loved it. Okay. But I. But wow. the thing is, I only say that because I didn't have any... I would never have anything bad to say about Jumanji. I just didn't rewatch it a million times. And so looking yeah. back to me, that, that communicates to me that the kid version of myself didn't love it. Because when I loved movies back in the day, I watched them over and over and over. And this is one that I saw more than once, but it wasn't one to... It wasn't a go-to. I don't know. I just loved it. Like every time it co- like came on or someone suggested watching it, I would just really enjoy watching it and be like, "Oh, Jumanji!" and get all excited mm-hmm. and giddy and love it. And not that you had to choose or anything, but I, I feel like more often than not, I would rather watch like Mrs. Doubtfire. Wow. Yeah. See, I saw <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire like once, and it was like years after I was a kid. <laughs> I just love Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean, I just love love Robin Williams. Is is the takeaway? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and he, which, and he is so, he's so good in this. I mean, it kind of goes without saying, but he, he's such a great charismatic performer and it, it, you know, it's like, even as a kid, you were like, this guy's the best guy. This is the funniest (laughs) guy in the movie. Yeah. And he's, he's so good. He carries it for sure. So I just remember loving just Jumanji, like all the cool things that came out and it's, I liked board games even as a kid. So I was like, Oh, board game. And it's so cool. And Things come out. It's just cool. I just liked it. As a, I don't know why. It just touched my heart as a kid. Mm-hmm. And it is. I mean, I feel like it has always been like the definitive board game movie. Yep. Hopefully. You know, and it's not even that much about the board game itself. I mean, obviously it is, but like, it's not necessarily about the mechanic of the game. You know, it's what the game is doing to these characters and how they're reacting to it. But there's never been a better board game movie. Well, I hope we can change that. <laughs> Yeah, it's high time. <laughs> Are you? Were you? In, have you ever been interested in this sequel coming out? Mm, no, not really. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of gonna like just kind of blow it off. I mean, it, we were 
we were scheduled to do Jumanji on the podcast like for months and months because I knew this was coming out. Yeah. But other than that, I wasn't wasn't really planning on watching this sequel. But I I've, I've been I'm surprised to hear that apparently it's pretty good. Like I was having a conversation with some people at work, and I guess they had read like early reviews. Yeah. That were positive. Yeah. So this is real secondhand secondhand information. <laughs> yeah. But I was surprised to hear anything positive about it at all. Well, I mean, I'll probably end up seeing it at some point or another. Yeah. Just for the sake of it being another Jumanji movie. Yeah. And then on, like, I don't like the trailer very much, but on paper, it's, it's a sequel to a great movie and it's got The Rock, (laughs) Kevin Hart, (laughs) Karen Gillian, and Jack Black. It's a great cast. Yeah. I'm sure they would make it at least fun. You know, I think at at the least it could be like a Jurassic World scenario. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Fun popcorn movie, not a ton of substance. (laughs) Not a ton of substance. Do you have any more first impressions? Uh, No, it was really just it. Did you you anticipate this holding up? Mm, Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure what to expect. Yeah, I wasn't sure either, but I thought it'd hold up. Okay, okay. Did it? Oh, no, this movie is terrible. Are you serious? Yeah, this movie is a terrible, terrible movie. Whoa. Oh, man. This is going to be interesting. I thought it was great. Oh, my gosh. How in the world? I was blown away. I was like, this holds up. Are you kidding me? No. (laughs) This is so terrible. Why? Every way. Everything. This is weird. I thought it was awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, well, you're weird. <laughs> well, what was awesome about it? Tell me that. I, I, I really enjoy that there are legitimate and good character motivations throughout the movie. Everybody's oh. doing something for a reason, and <sighs> we took time to establish all of those things. And they pay off later, too. So it's this crazy wild adventure, but underneath it. It's a character story, and it's great. It's no, good conflicts all, all the whole no, way through. It all feels fake and silly the entire time. Uh, what? <laughs> Sarah feels just like a completely fake character. That is her name, right? I'm getting that right? I think it is, but but how is she fake? I, just every time she's like trying to escape or get away, it feels silly. It doesn't feel real at all. It doesn't feel like she's actually scared. It it just seems fake and not like real, if that makes sense. Oh, and how she's like freaking out and like a little boy got sucked into a game and I was chased out by bats, but he got sucked into the board game. It's just silly. And like then, the, like the the plot point is silly. <laughs> I just her delivery, I guess, and that she doesn't realize that he's the one who got sucked into the game right then and there. And I don't know. She just seems crazy. I I mean, it would be crazy to see what she saw, but <laughs> it seems over the top and fake for me. And then Robin Williams' character, Alan, just being, like, becoming his dad out of nowhere, though, it's just randomly thrust into the movie. He's like, even that line where he's like, spending 26 years in a board game or whatever, and I still end up like my dad, it's like, the only times you feel like your dad are like in random moments like this, which don't even feel genuine. It's just like randomly. Even even the part where 
the the kid like didn't grab the board game, but I, no one grabbed the board game, and he blames it on the kid for some reason. I don't understand. It just felt like he was blaming it on the kid just so later he could like say, man, I'm just like my dad. But like, it's like, why? <laughs> why did you blame it on this kid? Oh, man. Yeah. Didn't like it at all. Wow. That's so interesting. I don't know, <laughs> man. I mean, I wouldn't say that it's like this phenomenal movie. I mean, I think there are lots of things about it that sort of don't hold up super well, primarily like CGI and stuff. Oh, yeah. That was even worse. The monkeys were terrible. <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't hold up very well at all. But but I think for what it is, it's so, it's so I think it's really solid. I think it's a really fun, like, family adventure movie. And the premise they set up, it, I, I feel like it all it all really works. And I think, I, I, I think the script is really creative. Like, there are lots of moments that that could just play out as normal, but they have a lot of fun with, with things. Like, primarily, my, my main example is, like, there's that moment where or Alan and the cop um, are, they're, like, on the side of the road, and Alan locks him up and throws away the key. Makes no sense, by the way. That's <laughs> another one I was going to bring up, but it looks like you beat me to it. He He's letting him go, and then he locks him up for his own good for some reason mm-hmm, that doesn't make mm-hmm. sense at all, just to lead to the scene where they're like in the car together. It's silly, silly. Exactly. That's Can't what I was gonna it. say. It's Can't stand he, it. He he throws the key first, and then needs to get back into the car with him. Like I think that's a creative way to that for that moment to play out. Whether or not you agree with like the motivations behind it, it's a very clever way to get them into that car together. But it wasn't clever. That's my problem. No, it is. It he is. I don't no... think you agree with the motivation of it, but the fact that he throws the key first and then needs the car after the fact, that causes them to get in that situation. Uh, them being yeah. in the car together is totally legitimate. No, 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 no. That's not... No. Because I still can't get behind the fact that he locked him on the door for no reason. I don't think it was for no reason. He, that, that, that cop has, has, has gotten in his way multiple times at this point. So getting him out of the way makes sense. No. Because he was just going to come back anyway. Oh, it was weird. He was letting him go. He was like, trust me. Let me go. And I got to do this. And he's like, okay, I'll let you go. And then you lock him up. Less yeah, trustworthy. Also, also probably for his own safety. What? Like, don't get in up? the way. Just stay here. Locked into a... There's stampeding elephants going around. You don't know when they're going to come around. It's not good to be locked up to your car. <laughs> that was one of the moments in the movie that I was just outraged by so i liked it no oh, come on <laughs> i didn't expect it to be like i expect i i expected this rewatch to to feel really formulaic and like paint by the numbers i was really surprised by like uh, all the small little beats you know like nothing nothing just it, we never go from a to b it's always these interesting turns and we go from this moment to that moment via something interesting. And I was, I was, I was surprised that by that, I didn't remember it being that sort of intricate. Yeah. Real intricate. They roll some <laughs> dice and something comes out. They roll dice. And each time it's this really cool thing from the game. I know. And I think that's what I liked most about the kid and probably the, as a kid and probably still what I like the most now is just what comes out of the game. Mm-hmm. Except for the hunter still doesn't make sense to me. I get that Alan's the one who rolled the dice. 
I don't get why he's hunting people, but whatever. What do you mean? Why is he trying to kill Alan if he's a hunter and hunts animals? Why does he want to kill a person? Well, they just call him a hunter, and you roll the dice so you're being hunted. I, I get it. I don't know. That's just weird. <laughs> I mean, I don't get why he looks like his dad. <laughs> yeah. That's a little on the nose. Come on. <laughs> it's supposed to be symbolic, you know? Mm-hmm. I thought this movie was silly. <laughs> Did you find it funny? Mm, some parts. Okay. I mean, Robin Williams is funny. How do you not find him funny? Of course. Of course. Um... Did you watch this with people? Yes. Okay. Did they? Did everybody have that similar vibe? Mm, I think so. Huh. Interesting. I was at I was at a party after I'd seen this, and I mentioned that I rewatched it, and I was coming up on the podcast, and I was talking about how it holds up, and everybody in the room was like, "Oh yeah, it's an awesome movie." <laughs> <laughs> well. One one person had seen it recently, or like not not super recently, but. It's like a family movie that they watch together a lot. So they were like, yeah, we see it all the time, and it, it's great. Well, see, that's how I was, except for <laughs> I wouldn't say a lot. But I watched it quite a few times as a kid. Just mm. Although it's weird. It's never that I was like, hey, let's watch Jumanji, maybe once. But usually it was just like on or someone else suggested it, and we just watched it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I always liked it as a kid and had nostalgic value for it. Didn't hold up, though. <laughs> Didn't hold up. Oh, man. Also, I've seen bits and pieces of Zathura, and I'm interested to see that all the way through now. Yeah, I've never, like. I've never seen it. And I was, I probably was a little turned off that it was similar to Jumanji at all. Yeah. I remember feeling like, oh, I don't want to watch it. Like, I don't want to watch Jumanji in space or whatever it is. <laughs> space Jumanji. <laughs> but, I mean, it was a pretty simple movie. That's all I really got. I'll, the parts I liked were, I mean, Robin Williams is funny and... That, like, the things that actually came out of the game. But outside of that, I thought this movie was so corny and cheesy and terrible. <laughs> also, they could have just kept rolling the dice. Just don't stop rolling the dice till you win. Because that's all you have to do in this game. Hit enough spaces. That's it. Yeah, but if they stayed put, then they would have gotten poisoned or whatever. Also, why did they keep going back to the house that's, like, inside and enclosed and more dangerous? Why not play in a super open space outside? I don't know. There were Those some mos- reasons they had to go back to the house, but not I guess not every time. Yeah. Those mosquitoes did freak me out, though. Yeah. I didn't like those. Although, what, what do you think would have happened if one of them died? I have wondered that the whole time. Can they not finish the game, or does their piece just get knocked over? I don't know. I don't know. I bet, and also, like, if they die and you somehow finish anyway, they would just come back. Right? I I would think so, yes. It's the weird new that movie should tackle that, I think. Yeah. It's weird that you just go back to like the spot you were at. What do you mean? Like it just oh. starts over. No matter where you started the game, you just go back to that. Mm-hmm. And those kids are wiped from existence. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But then they come back. Oh, man. Yeah, they come back. See, and I, would... I really like that that moment where when Alan comes back and has that moment with his father. I think yeah, that's I think a good a, moment. An inferior movie wouldn't have had a scene like that, and an inferior movie wouldn't have had wouldn't have devoted so much of the beginning to who Alan is and what his relationship is with his parents because that payoff I think really works. 
after this crazy adventure, they have that moment. It's really nice. I agree that that works. It's all the like bits and pieces in the middle where he starts to act like his dad for, in my opinion, no reason. Like it's just out of nowhere. It's really mm-hmm. weird. And I don't, I don't know why he doesn't agree to help them at first anyways when he's been in it for 26 years. I don't think he realizes the scenario that they're in. I think I he comes right. out of it just wanting to be done. Oh, that's he's, fair. And he doesn't he's realize been, he's still playing. That's Like, he, he's still playing. It's still his turn. It's still Sarah's turn. They all have to finish the game. Yeah. I think once he figures that out, then he's like, yeah, we have to finish this or whatever. Yeah. But that's what I think. That's where I think he is most like his dad. He comes out of it already like his dad. Like, aggressive... And he had to, like, become a man on his own and figure out how to survive in the jungle by himself. So he, be, he becomes, like, cold and insensitive from the get-go and, like, not wanting to play this game with these kids, even though, even though he went through it and should be like, I don't want anyone else to go through what I went through. But he's yeah. closed off. I know. I mean, and I kind of get it. Still feels, like, not as genuine as it could be, though. Mm-hmm. Both him and Sarah. I don't know why. They just don't feel like genuine characters to me. <laughs> they feel fake and forced and not real. Hmm. Also, I completely forgot Kirsten Dunst was in this movie. Yeah. I I think I remembered that she was in it. I completely forgot about her character. Like this whole lying, making up stories thing. <laughs> you yeah. know, I forgot about that sort of element of her character. And I thought it was pretty funny. Like some of her little lines were really funny. Yeah. I, like the one where um, <laughs> they're at Alan's parents' grave and she starts to make up a lie about who their parents were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and her brother nudges her. That's, I thought that was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> also, the, the cop I cracked me up. <laughs> really? I thought he was really funny. Oh, the again, movie. I did not like him throughout the movie either. <laughs> he was kind of Jim carrying it a little bit, you know, like just really over the top. But for the most part, I thought he was pretty funny. No, all right. Whatever you say. <laughs> and I think the runtime was good. This felt short and sweet to me. Yeah, the runtime was good because it was short. Yeah. It's like, that's... Real nice. Just say what you need to say and then get out. What percentage do you think this movie has on Rotten Tomato? Hmm. There are only 34 reviews, though, so. I'd say, like, somewhere in the 70s. (laughs) (laughs) What does it have? No, I'm just kidding. It's smack dab in the middle, 50%. Wow. No. It's no Indian in the cupboard, you know? Ew. (laughs) Wow. I hated that movie. Well, sounds like a podcast movie. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, do you have anything else for your second impression? No, no, no. I enjoyed it. Well, good for you. Wish I did. <laughs> All right. Should we uh, move on to some listener feedback? Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to start with a tweet. From NNW, Neighborhood, at Neighborhood Nerdy. And they sent us a lovely picture of Iron Man. And Iron Man is saying, thanks for the retweet. Sweet. And I like that photo. I I can't see it, but I love (laughs) Iron Man, so I assume I would also like it. Exactly. It's very cool. And then hopping over to YouTube, our, 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 uh, our frequent commenter, 
in which we really appreciate. Eric Vela is back again. He commented on Rogue One, and he confirmed that Rogue One starts with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, huh. which we disputed about <laughs> on last week's episode. But he goes on to say it does not have the traditional Fox fanfare. So there mm. you go. I'm pretty sure I'm on the wrong end of that argument, so it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but thank you, Eric, for weighing in once again. We yes. appreciate your, your patronage. Thank you for proving me wrong, as I <laughs> typically am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that's it for this week's listener feedback. <laughs> ready for topic time? Topic time. This week, in honor of Jumanji... We are going to talk about sequels that came out years later. So not remakes, reboots, but sequels. All right, all right. And I have a couple examples here. Let's just go down the line. We talked about Blade Runner a little bit. Just a definitely bit. talked about the movie, the first movie, a lot. But 2049, we, talk, we touched on it briefly, I think, in the bonus episode, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Sequel years and years later. Yep. Now, I want to kind of ask this question about all of them. Do you think it was best suited as a sequel, or should it have been just a remake? I think it was best suited as a sequel. Yeah, I think it, I think it adds to that story, as yeah. opposed to like treading new ground, or treading the same ground. It's, it feels like a good addition, and I think it makes the original better. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I do, too. I think it, it dove more into... Some of the ideas in the first one that I thought could have been delved into more. So mm-hmm. I liked that. I think the second one did a better job of that. Mm-hmm. And I guess I kind of want to ask this question, too, for all these examples. Do you feel like the time, like the, 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 the long amount of time between the two, do you think that helps or hurts 2049? The fact that so much time has passed. I think it helps 2049. Yeah. I think it takes advantage of it, at least. Yeah. It's cool. All right, got another one? Okay. Uh, Finding Dory. All right. Oh, that's our that's our number one, numero uno episode. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it, but I figured you would, because mm-hmm. don't listen to it. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> don't go back and listen to our terrible first episode of the podcast. Listen, listen to our terrible first episode and then come Wait. back and get up Subscribe to here. Subscribe first <laughs> and then go back. And then you know, go don't back. make your decision based on their, our very first episode of the podcast where we rewatched Finding. We'd watched Finding Dory, what, twice in a week or something? Yeah. This, see, this is, a, this is a sequel that I think did not benefit from the time. I agree. It doesn't utilize the fact that a lot of time has passed, you know, aside from like animation being better. Like, it's just, it takes place a year later, you know, but it was. A decade later or something like that, or yeah. even longer than that. And it just, it doesn't feel like it took advantage of that time. And I, think, and I think that's typical of sequels that come out much later, but are not much time has passed in the actual movie, like the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's always a little, maybe not always, but I think typically speaking, not the best. Yeah, it, just, it feels like you're ignoring the elephant in the room when you do that. Yeah. Like, come on, we get it. And, and, and the other question I had was, you know, it doesn't really make a ton of sense. Like, this had to be a sequel. It couldn't have been, it couldn't have been a remake. But I guess it could have been a prequel. Yeah. 
you know? But I don't know. I, I think I'm happiest that it, if there was going to be a follow-up to Finding Nemo, I'm happy that it was a sequel. Yeah. I'm a little less happy that it was so Dory-focused, though. Wow. Dory hater. <laughs> I mean, Dory's great, but I think something else. I don't know. I don't know what it would have been. Yeah. What would what, you want it to be on? What's his name? Marlin again? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it would have been nice to see Nemo and Dory, like more of them two together. Because mm-hmm. that's not what we got in the first movie, and it's not what we got in the sequel either. You know, we saw Marlin and Dory together, and this time we saw Dory, or I mean Marlin and Nemo, which I guess is also a nice pairing, but, you know, mixing yeah. it up would have been would have been good, I think. I, I, I liked Finding Dory, I thought it was fine, but it, it felt more like an extra long short on the Finding Nemo DVD. Mm-hmm. Okay, next example. Jurassic World. All right. Many years later. <laughs> Jurassic World. Should it have been a reboot? I think so. You think so? Maybe. I mean, it wasn't terrible. Yeah. But I think it could have been a cool reboot. Yeah, because does it, does it successfully build off of what had already been done you know like does it take what's been done and go and do something interesting with it or does it just feel like we're picking up where we left off it does some interesting things that's why i'm in the middle i think this one is fine both ways okay because i think it is interesting to finally see the park open after three movies of it not being open it's just Mm. people going to the island now the park's finally open and it, it does use some cool things for like playing off of the first one. So that at least is interesting. But at the same time, I think it also would have been an opportunity to remake it. Yeah. I do I do like that the the canon is still there, especially because like Jeff Goldblum's gonna be in this next one. I think that's a great thing. And it feels it it, it I guess inherently a remake feels like we're just like tossing out what had already happened. Which I guess two thirds of Jurassic the Jurassic Park franchise is fine to sort of get rid of. <laughs> it's really only that first movie that's really good, but still, it does kind of feel nice that the that the new movies acknowledge that the old ones exist. And I think this one successfully uses the time gap as well. Yeah, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would take years for them to actually finally open a park if they would at all. Yeah, and the. CGI is better, I would say. CGI is better, but I think maybe a little overused. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Oh, my gosh. But that scene in the original where they're, you know, they play the music and Alan Grant takes off his glasses and they're, they're <laughs> running over the hills. Yeah. It's gorgeous. There's a dinosaur. <laughs> and I haven't seen the, the, there's a new trailer for the new Jurassic World movie. And I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. But... I don't know. I'm kind of disinterested unless they're in space. You know, I want to see dinosaurs in space. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. I don't, I don't care. That's what I want. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> they're genetically engineered. They can breathe in space or whatever, or they don't need to breathe. And they're, they're super, like, you know, they're cold-blooded, so it's fine. And we're just mm. like, you know, it's think of it's gravity, but with dinosaurs. Great. <laughs> but with dinosaurs. It'd be great. Plus, Chris... Pratt is experienced with space acting, so <laughs> we're good there. Is he? Let's be real. <laughs> Just kidding. He is. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next example. 
Indiana Jones. Ooh. And this is interesting because there was years between the third and the fourth, and now it's years between the fourth and the fifth. Yeah. You know, the, the fifth movie is going to be like 10 years later. Wait, they're making a, they're doing a fifth? Yeah, man, come on. <laughs> I don't keep up with the times, you know. <laughs> Indy 5 is coming, Harrison Ford's back. All right. They're going to do it. <laughs> they're going to do it. <laughs> and I don't know what to say about Indy 4. I mean, I don't think Indy 4 is that bad. Yeah. I think there are some very questionable moments, and it had to live up to a really great adventure series. But, yeah, it was just in a tough spot, I guess. Yeah. I guess it could have been a reboot. I I really need to rewatch that one to have a better opinion on it. I've only oh, seen it once one. in theaters. Mm-hmm. I, guess, I mean, it could have been a reboot, but I don't know. As long as Harrison Ford's still around, I'd say he should just keep making them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's, inter- it's interesting because it's a title character role, you know? It's like... So much of it is built on Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. so it, it's it would it's always going to be tough to try to picture somebody else in that role, and it kind of makes me nervous for the fifth one too. Because I don't know, I guess that you always think that they're going to replace Indiana Jones. I guess that's what we thought for, for the fourth one, especially with Shia or whatever. But I don't know. I think it's always going to be tough to see someone else playing Indiana Jones, and I guess the same goes for Han Solo. But we'll yeah. see how that goes. <laughs> That's just barreling towards us no matter what. I know. It's coming. Mm-hmm. See, I don't I just don't remember hating that one as much as other people did. So No, so I, I yeah, in tw- in 2008 when it came out and I saw it, I just remember it being sort of a head scratcher at the end. Yeah. Like, huh. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Aliens. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Monkeys swinging. <laughs> Shadow the left. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> you know, it's just it's fine. I don't, I want to see it again to see if I should I would be like, oh, this would be a better remake, or this shouldn't have been made at all. Yeah, I, I don't imagine too late it holds for the sequel. Super well. Yeah. Like maybe it wasn't that bad for the time, but mm-hmm. I bet it doesn't hold up super well now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next example? Next example. Mad Maximus. Using his full name. Oh, Mad Max. Yes. I was like, Maximus, what are you talking <laughs> about? Furious Road. <laughs> yeah? Yes. I mean, I feel like we could both just agree that it's probably perfect the way that it was. <laughs> uh, yep. I mean, I think it also could have been a good remake. Yeah. It's interesting, though, unlike the the ones in the rest of this list, it is it is a sequel, but you've recast the all the people. Yep. Uh, and that's what I was going to point out, too, that even though it's not a remake, it kind of feels like one. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really play too much off of the older ones. Yeah, because I've never seen any of the older ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're you fine. can see Fury Road and just go, go with it. Yeah. Except I for you, curious, you though, do hate it, it so... I don't hate it. Now, I just whatever. thought that it was a little, it was blown out of proportion a little bit. Oh my goodness. I think technically was... proficient, great movie in terms of making a movie and, and what they were able to accomplish. I think it's just, you know, I, I rewatched it several times with diminishing returns. Like the cool action set pieces Ugh. aren't 
you know, it's not they're enough still to keep me just interested. as cool. <laughs> I kind of like wish the story's there was too thin. I kind of wish there was no talking in this movie because I feel like the reason you don't like it is because there's just minimal amount of talking and story and the action is just not enough for you. But if we take out the talking completely and just make it this visual action movie, then there's no argument because it's not about the story. It's about the action and how awesome it is. And it would if if they took out the dialogue and they did have to communicate some of the ideas only visually, then mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, I think it would definitely be a more interesting movie, even though if the plot was literally still A to B back to A, <laughs> I that's the, that's the thing that they drive out and then turn around and drive back. <laughs> and it's just, that's the movie, guys. And it's like this incredible drive there and back, but it still just feels like too thin. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta just do it on the podcast I mean, we've talked about Mad Max enough <sighs> It's so good <laughs> I also wish they played with more ideas of like The 1% has all the water, we get that And they're super evil But do they have to be super evil? <laughs> <laughs> do they have to be like just complete villains and bad guys? And you know, like Mad Max himself has like an interesting play Because he... He's kind of in the middle and has to figure out where his stance is. And that's an interesting character to follow. But he's surrounded by, like, pretty flat characters. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's not just talk about every Marvel movie ever made. (laughs) There's point of view in the MCU. Oh, barely. Good is good and bad is bad. That's, That's true for the most part. You got, like, Loki and that's kind of... That's like it. That's where it kind of, he's Although like. Tony gray. Stark is kind of this interesting villain. Who he's responsible. Oh, Tony Stark is responsible for a lot of garbage in the mm-hmm. MCU. He's the cause of a lot of it. But yeah. we see him from the hero point of view, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. But really, he—if you told the story, any of those stories from someone else's perspective, Tony Stark is a villain. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you Tony Stark and Loki, but considering that universe is full of people, most of them are pretty just black and white. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, it started with Tony, so you've been able to build him the most over all of it. Yeah. We have one Mad Max remake to go off of. (laughs) Yeah. Late sequel. Again, I'll say it again. I felt very validated at the Academy Awards that year because it won all the technical awards and it didn't win... Any story-related awards. So, ha-ha-ha. Whatever. I thought that was a great year at the Oscars. Because it deserves all those technical awards. It's, it's, a, it's really amazing to see all those choreographed action sequences. Yeah. You still hate it at the end of the day. So. <laughs> Whatever. We're getting off track. Yeah, we are. We are. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. I got two more examples. I guess I'll save this one for the end. And we'll bring up Toy Story 3. All right. Just... I'm, uh, you know what do I what do I say without just like gushing over this franchise and this movie? But it's just it had a very difficult task ahead of it, and I think it pulled it off super well. Yep. Out of all the ones we've listed, I'd say this is this did it most perfectly. Yes, and no. it makes the most sense for that sequel to take that long. Yep. That that Andy got to grow up. He was ready for college. Said goodbye. It was beautiful, and yep. it, it was the yeah a worthy sequel for that amount of time. 
and that it just grew with its audience. So mm-hmm. not only was it better technically, but it m- made sense as you like you said, just mm-hmm. for the audience. They were around that age mm-hmm. from and the beginning really to the end. It should be the end of the franchise. I know. Way to ruin it. I don't want Toy Story 4. I don't want it. Yep. <laughs> These are my favorite movies and I don't want a fourth one. I do not. <laughs> I do not. People just got to make money though, you know. <laughs> Do it for the bills. <laughs> we should all boycott it. Yeah. Okay. Everyone in the world. No one you see it. You would never boycott Toy Story 4. Your curiosity uh, would kill you. You'd have to see it. If it if it comes out and it gets bad reviews, I don't know if I can see it. <laughs> what are the odds of a Toy Story movie getting bad reviews? It's the, with each sequel, it's more and more likely. Oh, what, to go from 99 to 98? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I don't think there's any chance Toy Story 4 is going to be as good. It just, it's going to be rough. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm nervous. Oh, well. But for what we're talking about, I'd say the third one was pretty much a masterpiece and pulled this late sequel thing off perfectly. Yeah. Or as near to perfect as you can. What a great, what a great send off to great characters. For real. Ugh. So good. So good. Can't wait for it to be undercut. <laughs> for real. The, I am really worried that this fourth one is just going to demolish everything that happened in this third one. This yeah. perfect send off. It's so rare to have like a, a solid, good trilogy. I know. And to like it. It's, even like, to even... Like play around with the idea of tainting it is is crazy. You should just leave it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Lord of the Rings four. You know, let's follow the turn of the king. I was, I was literally gonna say it's like this and Lord of the Rings and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad they went with the Hobbit rather than a fourth Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. The Hobbit can be bad. I don't that. care. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right. All right. I got a final example. And of course, it's where it's where all roads lead back to Rome. You know, it's at the end of the day, we're always going to talk about these movies. Rome. The movies. The Roman Empire. Bind us together. That Um, push and pull a dark side and a light side. (laughs) Are you talking about late prequels? (laughs) Star Wars. And it's it's crazy because Star Wars is sort of the perfect example of this. I mean, because you got the prequels it has both years later, late yes. prequels and late sequels, and all yes, of it. Right exactly. when you think it's going to be over forever. I mean, did they even know after they made a New Hope that there was going to be another Star Wars? I don't think so. No, because it wasn't called it wasn't called Episode Four. It wasn't exactly. called a New Hope. It was just Star Wars. Exactly. But at the same time, they always were sort of designed as these weird like chunks of a story you know it's yeah. the, with the opening crawl it, it they always felt like these random episodes even before they were called that yeah oh george so what what was it called when did it become episode four that's a good question i don't know if it was closer to the prequels or if it was just by the end of these three movies i know if he had changed it that just makes me wonder if even before the prequels were given the green light was this episode four because that would be Weird, and I kind of would have liked if they never made the prequels and just that was episode four. And he just... 
<laughs> one dude. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think the official titles for the original trilogy are just Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. I think so, too. I think they were changed after the fact. Yeah. Because the official titles for the prequels are Star Wars, colon, episode, whatever, colon, stupid title. (laughs) (laughs) But as far as talking late prequels and late sequels, I'd say the late sequels that are coming out, awesome. Late prequels... Yeah, what do you, Force Awakens and Rogue One are top tier, some of my favorite Star yes, Wars movies. Period. I agree. I agree. But do you feel like Return of the Jedi ends a six movie saga? Do you, do you, at the end of Return of the Jedi, do you feel like, what's next? Mm, no, I wouldn't say. Hmm. Why? I mean, because I'm happy that there are more, but I also don't feel like. Seven, eight, nine are necessary to this. I mean, maybe they will be. Maybe they will become that by the end of the night. The movie they will add themselves to this, this, this epic saga. But right now, just as of seven, it doesn't. It just feels like we're starting things up again and not necessarily continuing what what had happened. And that's exactly what I was going to say about the prequels. I don't feel like the prequels are necessary either. Mm. And I would honestly. Be ecstatic to see a remake of the prequels. Having now rewatched them just in a row and I seeing them all of their <laughs> terrible glory. Yeah. Seeing a different take on it. A different mm-hmm. take on Vader and how he became Vader. Yeah. That would be cool. That would be so sweet. I think I think you could do it in one movie. Oh yeah. I don't think it needs to be three. But it would have to be like a three hour movie. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, because the only interesting parts of the prequels are in that last movie, and the last movie is still riddled with like, like just what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, so to to take the, the those interesting moments and redo them, yeah, with a proper production, for would sure. Be really interesting. For sure. Oh, well, I agree. They don't exactly feel necessary, but I am really excited about these new ones. Even if they're not necessary, I think they are awesome and are getting better and better. Yeah, I'm very excited. With the exception that I still don't like that Force Awakens is just a new hope. (laughs) Yeah, that's another thing that adds to, like, that idea that it just feels like we're starting things up again and that it just feels like four again instead of, like, proper seven. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. You you sort of had to do that, I guess. You had to earn people's, I don't know, earn earn their trust. Like, okay, this is a necessary sort of step to reboot this. Okay, trust you can me, make the same exact movie. All right, I get it. <laughs> it's a weird way to earn it. It's like it's like we can make the same movie. We can make four again, and it's not one, two, or three. We can do the original trilogy again, and here's your proof. Now that you've seen that we can do it, Here's gonna here's eight and nine and they're gonna be crazy and different and, and here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think people need to know that they could do like less CGI, more practical effects, practical locations, better actors, or at least better performances, and be like, this is more in vain with the original trilogy, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. It's like a proof of concept before fans were like, okay, proceed. Well, we'll see where it goes. We'll see. 
All right, let's close out with this. Are there any movies out there that, that from way back when that you'd want to see a sequel to? Give me a sec. Yeah, uh, I, it's all, I asked that off the top of my head. I, I don't have an, an example. <laughs> Highlander. No, I'm just kidding. Come on. Um, oh, no, I mean, because I would love to see the world of Scott Pilgrim expanded, but at the same time, I think that movie is so neat, I would hate them making a sequel. Yeah. It's, it's perfectly intact, and I wouldn't want them to change anything. So... No, I'd have to think. There's none that I could think of that I'm like, man, I wish there was a sequel to that. Oh, Back to the Future. Uh, they could have stopped it too, so. <laughs> what about you? You got any sequels in mind? Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. <laughs> I don't know. That Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's rough. The Fifth Element. Okay. <laughs> I can get way behind that. <laughs> The Phil Thalman is great. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Podcast movie for sure. For sure. Well, that's all I got. Me too. So let's wrap this up. Thank wrap you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening week after week. We really appreciate it. Those of you that stick with us and, and check out the episodes, uh, we really appreciate it. Um, if you want to keep supporting the show... Just keep listening. That would be great. Keep listening. Share it with your friends. Uh, you know, if people are looking for podca- podcast recommendations, you got one up your sleeve. <laughs> tell them about Afterthoughts. <laughs> and if they've already checked it out and didn't really like it, tell them to listen again in the spirit of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> in an iTunes review, a tweet, whatever, uh, sharing it on Facebook, all those things would be very much welcomed. And we thank you for that. So uh, tune in next week. We're going to be talking about a Muppet's Christmas Carol. Or no, I think it's The Muppet's Christmas Carol. No, no, no. The Muppet Christmas Carol. There you go. It's not possessive. (laughs) So check that out. Get some Christmas spirit all, all up in there. And tune back in for Christmas Day. Next week's episode comes out on Christmas Day. You're welcome. A present right in your subscribe box or whatever. Right in your subscribes. <laughs> so check it out. Tune in next week and we'll see you then. See y'all.